Welcome back, everyone, to Rising Warriors, Rachel Coulet. I am Nabimiya Dachinup, woman that travels with the stars. I'm enrolled member of Northwest Spanish Shoshone Nation. And on my father's side, I also come from the Nez Perce uh, tribe over here. So today, I have our beautiful sister here from Portland, Oregon, that Amanda Yazi, and um, I reached out to her, well, through inspiration, and as everyone knows, or most of you, um, I am inspired to bring on each person that I bring to the podcast to speak, and so today... I wanted to um, bring on our sister over here. And it's kind of interesting because we were talking beforehand um, about when I I was scrolling through Facebook and I kept seeing her. And then I hear creators say loud and clear, like, you need to reach out to her and have her bring, you know, come on the podcast. And so um, I reached out to her and, you know, we set up this date. And then all of a sudden, like I seen a couple of days ago, she has a campaign that she's doing. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And so it ended up being in the same day today. So it's like, I just kind of like looked up and I'm like, creator, you work in mysterious ways. And so I'm excited to have our sister on today and support her and, you know, the movements that the indigenous movements that are happening and that you're a part of and you've been a part of i've been watching you for years um we were both in the lead cohort for nea but we were in separate years uh i think you were in a year before i was and that yeah. kind of where we connected um was uh through the through the cohort at uh nea so i'm excited to have you on today sister welcome and go Thank ahead you. and let's introduce yourself <clears throat> and your people and we'll just take it away Yay, thank you so much. First, thank you for having me on. It's such an honor. You know, I've been a fangirl of your podcast since, you know, the beginning of the year. So thank you for creating this beautiful space, first of all. Yeah. And um, I'll just, you know, go into introducing myself. So in English and translation, for those who don't know, um, Dene, uh, I said, hello, my name is Amanda Squimpanyazi. I'm Wasco and Navajo. My maternal grandfather is Warm Springs and Yakima. I'm born for the Red Running Into Water clan. And my paternal grandfather is the Towering House clan from the Black Mesas of the Great Navajo Nation. Mm-hmm. I am the daughter of Edison Yazi and the late Priscilla Squimpin Yazi. My ma- maternal grandparents are the late Erlen Rita Squimpin of Warm Springs, Oregon, and my paternal grandparents are Pete and Polly Yazi from Low Mountain, Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I currently reside on the traditional homelands of the Chinook and Cowlitz people, which is presently known as Portland, Oregon. Yeah. So tell us a little. So for those that, so you know, we don't know who you are from the beginning. Like, 
who is Amanda? Tell us your story. Like where, where have you gone? What have you been doing? Cause you, you have your bachelor's, you have, you've, you've done some good studies over here and you're doing yeah. some amazing things. So just let's go from the beginning, just start from, you know, wherever you want from the beginning and, and your story. Let's, let's oh, wow. Story. Okay. We're going to do story time. Yay, story time. Now, um, <clears throat> so I'll say I grew up on the Warm Springs Indian Reservation, and I grew up on my family's cattle ranch. My sister and I were third generation cattle owners, um, and it, that was my life. I grew up on a ranch. So, you know, it's like waking up, we feed the cows, and we go check on the horses, we go check on the animals. And that was really my life growing up um, on the weekends. You you know, it was working on the ranch, whether it was fixing fences or going and riding horses out to the woods to check on cows that may have like roamed out there. Uh -huh. um, so that was my life growing up and I loved it. And if we wasn't working on the ranch, we was either playing basketball, playing volleyball or doing some kind of fundraiser or community outreach. So we were really close with my maternal grandparents, uh, the late Earl and Rita Squimpin, and both of them were very active in the Warm Springs community. They, mm. you know, they did a lot. They did a lot for our community. Both of them served on tribal council. Um, so when it came to, you know, being a, a kid of, of very active people, you automatically get involved in their spaces. So uh -huh. growing up, like my sister and I, I have like a memory of like sitting at this big round table with like all these adults, me and my sister sitting next to each other and our feet just dangling off the chairs. And our parents, I remember them telling us, you guys have to go in here and listen. And, you know, us being little kids, we were like, okay, we'll come in and listen. And, <laughs> and, you know, it was like their way of training us to be in these meetings. And afterwards they would say, what did you learn? And, you know, us just trying to to repeat what we heard but not really having a clear understanding of what it was so that was really my my childhood and at the age of 14 actually this is kind of taking a turn this is yeah. where like a major impact happened in my life was um, at the age of 14 my mom passed on and my sister was 18 so we were really young and um, that was like two months into my freshman year of high school so when this happened it was just like a big like whoa like what is this you know like in in my mind I grew up with a very supportive family I was very privileged to have both of my parents who were super loving and supportive in, in like anything we did and and grandparents like we always had someone checking on us, like whether it was our grades, whether it was like how we're doing in school, mm -hmm. how's our friends doing, what's our friends up to, you know, like they yeah. always just cared about what was happening in our lives. And I, I consider that a major privilege on, on my part um, because, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of friends who, who had that. Um, and that's just the reality for some, some folks, which is okay too. Um, so going to my my back to my mom um at the age of 14 you know she passed on and when she passed on also another privilege we was able to be with her in her final final mm -hmm. time so we was able to like have have uh words with like we were able to talk to her um she was on life support so 
um, she could hear us, but I don't, she couldn't like respond, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, we was able to talk to her and we was able to share words with her. And some of my final words was that I would graduate college for her. I mean, I dreaded saying it, of course, but <laughs> I was like, mom, mom I have to follow through. Yeah. I was like, mom, I'll graduate college for you, I guess, you know? And, and I was like, I'll make you proud. And, you know, it was like, this whole like my whole childhood on top of that like you know just all of the teachings that were instilled instilled within me like from the ranch life from being a granddaughter and a daughter of like really you know very community centered community people who love community um being centered in that as a child and then getting up to this point that that all came with me too so that's where my love with community came my passion for education um and of course you know making those final promises to my mom at like when she was passing on to her next journey is what continues to stay with me. So that's kind of what got me through like my bachelor's. I'm starting my master's soon and I'll be expected to graduate in June. Yeah. So um, a lot of my thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. And so a lot of my education and like stuff I do, it's because I do love my community. I love being you know part of this this world where where community is centered like there's so many beautiful voices beautiful lived experiences in this world and i'm like yes let's bring it all you know like out here in in east portland like there's over 77 different languages spoken and just think of like all the different lived experiences within just this little area alone where like that's super close to me so um I'm just really amazed by community every day and like just the ways they continue to show up for one another, whether, whether that's like physically, emotionally, um, you know, just in any, any sense, like we just show up for each other. And that's what I love about community. So that's where my love for like youth, for BIPOC people, for LGBTQ, for folks with diverse abilities. Like, I'm like, we all have a lived experience that can be brought anywhere with us. And, and you know, your story matters. Your lived experience matters. And your voice needs to be heard. So that's why when, when I said earlier that I really appreciate this podcast, it's because you are bringing these lived experiences forward. And that's something I'm really passionate about too. So I'm like, wow, this is so crazy. <laughs> like I just kind of been watching, I, I forget their name, but um, a few weeks ago you were on live. I forget who, who it was, but I forget their name, but I just remember watching that and I was like, wow, what a cool podcast series. Yeah. yeah. Was that a woman? A Sheree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's so she's my cousin. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Are they from here? Uh huh. She actually lives oh five minutes away from me. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. We we run into each other all over the place without even communicating. We'll show up to a spa and we'll both be like sitting there, like I guess we're on our time together today. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So I, love like, that. I appreciate it because you know the community is so important and. I, you know, I got, I was fortunate to grow up like that too. So my mom was, you know, you know, my mom, Rochelle Nielsen. And, and so, you know, she's been very involved in the community. My grandma was always involved in the community. And so it's, 
ever since I was little, it's that same, you know, same feeling of, you know, community service, you know, showing up for our brothers and sisters. And mm -hmm. so like for me, I grew up here in Southeast Portland. So mm -hmm. that so for, so here home is actually here in Portland. But actually, if, if I say home, it's going to be back in Fort Hall in, yeah. you know, Washkey, Utah. Um, but so that's one thing like I I was like watching you and, and this, the passion and the community and everything that's going on right now is it's just amazing. And I think that we sometimes we take it for granted. And I think that it was like with with COVID that sh um, really open our eyes, especially as, you know, the native community of that circle that we had and, you know, how we all have like almost like this disconnection in a sense, because in all native communities all yeah. over, it's like, you know, we were like, we're used to the circle and the family and being together. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate what you're doing too. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, just kind of going back to that circle, it's like that circle's still here, but it's showing up in a different way. Right. So, like, right. I think about a lot of like mutual aid and like, you know, for so long, this circle has only been like indigenous people. And, you know, us like trying to decolonize the movements, decolonize like our own lives. Like now with us being in COVID, we're able to spread this out to so many. And you see this way of life showing up in like so many local movements and so many different like ways of organizing. And it's cool when you see people like calling one, one another in or out and just being like, hey, you know, that's not how we do that here. So let's, um, you know, center, center the voices of, of the folks who are most impacted and let's lead with a good, good heart. Like we're not going to bring, you know, this kind of like, um, how do you say it? Like, I don't want to say bad medicine, but like, you know, we don't bring this kind of attitude to this circle. So mm -hmm. I think that's really cool how we're able to um, like even despite COVID, like we're able to make it happen and and still continue our way of life, but almost in a virtual way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's kind of scary at first, too, because it's like we're going into the I, you know, speaking with other people, too, and leaders. And, you know, we're like looking at the elders like what do we like what do we do is this like are, is this okay like are we gonna get in trouble for being online and talking about these things but yeah it's like spitting in like pouring out of us it's like no it's time to talk about these things mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. you know it's time to bring the awareness it's time you know we're in a new transition and healing and we have to in order to heal we have to address you know the traumas right. and right. on both on both sides and, you know, it takes patience, it takes, you know, unconditional love, and yeah. it's going to take a lot of work on both parts, you know, for us to really mesh and grow. And like what I saw one day was like blossom as a rose where we can all come together and in mm -hmm. that beautiful way in that walk. So what got so what got you down into the education route that you went through? So, um, you, so after your mom, your mom passed. So what, what were some things that you went through, you know, to, to really push yourself because that can be challenging, you know, to, 
you you lose because I lost my big mom, my grandmother. And so I there's that moment where, you know, like I promised her things that I was going to do. But then like I had my struggles of like going through these battles of actually making them happen and then not wanting to make it happen. So like what were those, you know, for those that go through these things, you know, because sometimes we don't, you know, we don't get to hear the challenges that we go through in the in-between stages um, to the where we get to where we are. And sometimes people dismiss you and, you know, we go, well, she had this good life and yeah, she lost her mother, but that could be a huge, huge thing and factor in your life, especially when you're really close with your parents. Mm -hmm. And what are, what were those tools and what were those things that you had to do to keep that, that voice alive, to keep that spirit and that drive and to keep going and not give up? Yeah. I mean, oh, that's such a big question because <laughs> automatically, you know, I think of like the times I got kicked out of class in high school for being yeah. a disruption. I think about the times when I, you know, talked back to a few of my teachers. I think back to the time where I was labeled as like a problematic child. And I remember specifically, this was so funny because I remember one time specifically, I um, talked back during a parent teacher conference, mind you, I talked back to one of my teachers and um, my dad didn't say anything in the moment. But as soon as we got in the car and was driving home, like he did not say a word to me. And, and he was silent for like, I think, gosh, probably 15 minutes, because my school is like a good hour away from my house. Uh -huh. So I, we had an hour long drive home and I remember he was silent for like 15 minutes. And like in my mind, I didn't feel like any guilt or shame at, at that moment, like uh -huh. until he started talking and he was like, this is not how we raised you. Like he didn't raise his voice at me or anything. He was just like, this is not how we raised you. You do not talk to your elders like this. And like he gave me this really long like speech and it was like all the way home, you know, it was like a 45 minute talk and, you know, like it was just like, this is not how we raised you. And I think I was like 15 years old. And I remember my mom's one year anniversary was coming up and he was like, you have to remember the promises you made to your mom. You have to remember um, what your family instilled in you, what your grandma and grandpa instilled in you. You have to be better, you know, like you have to try harder. And honestly, you know, a lot, like a lot of times my dad was the one who was having these conversations with me, my sister, my, my grandparents who were still alive at the time. And it was like these conversations, like just like having that realization of like, wow, I really have to push on and I have to go hard. So, um, a lot of these teachers who like kicked me out of their class, I actually became like really close with them. And, and I, I navigated towards them to help me through school and um, through my whole like uh, public education time, I was in those advanced classes, like mm -hmm. I got placed into them. And most of the time I was barely passing. I was like getting like C's and B's like, and, and, you know, like I was like, cool, this is okay. Like these are advanced courses and I'm doing the best I can. And it just kind of turned into this, um, 
this thing where my teachers and my my community, my dad, my sister, my grandparents, they all rallied around me and they were like, yeah, Amanda needs to do better. She needs to, she can do better. She's capable of it. And again, it kind of goes back to like this privileged, privileged uh, sense of like, I had that in my life. I had community rallying around me. I had my family rallying around me. Even my my friends, a lot of my close friends, like um, who are also like sisters and cousins to me, but you know, we call we were friends growing up. Um, their families, when when my dad was busy because you know he he worked a full time job, he did do other stuff on the side, and. Um, they would take me in for like, you know, days, weeks at a time and just be like, yeah, come stay with us. Like, I don't know if the Smith family's watching, but I spent a lot of time at their house. <laughs> and, you know, one of my, one of my good friends, like they're, they're my, um, my, my cousin, their dad is actually my mom's cousin. So I spent a lot of time at their house too. And it's like just being in that community space and being with other kids. Like there's so many families who like took me in and, and literally would be like, I'd be right at the table. They're like, Amanda, do your homework, Amanda, do this. So like, it's like every point of my life, there was somebody always on me to do better. And it's like having that wraparound care and people who were like constantly not yelling at you but just reminding you of the importance of education is what yeah. is what brought me to this point and I always tell people that like in my whole education career I'm like there's always someone like on me about education like even with my master's I I remember right after I graduated with my bachelor's um one of my friends who who I considered a mentor like growing up because they always checked in on me during high school uh -huh. they were like it was like not even hours after I graduated they're like so when are you getting your master's and I was like oh my god <laughs> you're like you don't even get to finish you're like next and when are you getting your doctors now you got Literally. your masters but now when are you getting your doctors <laughs> Yeah. So, so when I got into my master's program, I was like telling my dad and he's also, when are you going to get your PhD? And I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, oh gosh. Okay. And you know, it's like, this is the kind of circle that I want to be able to give to youth. So like with youth in my family, I, you know, right now I'm like super busy, but like, I hope to one day give back to a lot of youth. So and during the pandemic, actually, I've been able to speak with like youth around the world because of, you know, just being in in these spaces. Like, for example, you see me, there's other people who see me and they see my passion for wanting to engage with youth. So mm -hmm. there's been like, I think, four four different times where I've been able to speak with youth. And because we are in a global pandemic, everyone has to get on Zoom. So um, I've got to speak with kids who are in like New Zealand and Australia and, you know, like just different parts of the country and engage with them. And one of my proudest, most happiest moments was being able to speak with um, students at the Navajo uh, Preparatory Academy in, in New Mexico. Yeah. So that was really neat. And there was like, gosh, I think 200 or 300 students on there. And I was just like, wow. wow, I'm like, I'm probably your relative, like to some of you and just speaking love into them, you know, like you're beautiful, you're brilliant, you can do this. So um, 
Yeah, speaking with youth and like engaging with youth has always been like a passion because I look back to the time when I was labeled a problematic kid and I'm like, I had people to lean on and I wanna be that someone for students to lean on. So um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I, I know I like went full circle for your question. No, that's good. No, yeah. I love it. I'm like, keep going, girl. <laughs> I'm like, there's more. So, like, so because that's the thing is like that a lot of people don't understand that is non-indigenous is that that's one thing that as native communities is we support each other. Yeah. And and you know it takes a village to raise one child. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just take parents to raise a child. It takes a whole village to raise one yeah. child. And we see that as indigenous and what that is. And so, you know, we, we, you know, we, you know, we call each other sisters, but you know, we're not really sisters by blood, but it's because by relation and how we, how we, we talk the age level and things. Maybe if you were older than me, then you would be my auntie, you know, and I would be your niece. Um, or if you were even older, you may be my grandma, you know, and I may be your, your, your granddaughter, um, but it's just whatever that relation that gets built um, between each member. So it's like a lot of people are like, how many sis? I thought you only had one sister. And I'm like, OK, I have one blood sister one and one blood brother, but I have many adopted siblings and my mom has adopted. I don't know how many brothers and sisters. So I'm like, I have adopted brothers and sisters that I don't even know and, and that I've never met, you know, but it's the community in that sense. And it's so important. Um, I, I got to see this when I was helping with the Title VII program here in uh, Vancouver because my mom was in charge of that for many years. Mm -hmm. And we were very oriented in, in the community. And, you know, when one child was out of line, there was the elders and my grandma was there. And then there was, you know, we had a couple of different elders. And so the, the parents would actually take the, the children and set them down with the grandma and sat him down with the elders and say, this is what's going on. This is, you know, this is what's going on at school. And it wasn't, you know, and, and this is the other thing is it wasn't in an ostracizing way of like, they're being bad and they're doing this and they're problematic or anything like that. It was coming with that love so that the child knows too, that, you know, we're coming with love and you're not a problem. We just want to help you. We want yeah. to help you grow. We want to understand what's going on with your spirit so that we can help your spirit because we understand when, when there's chaos and there's things happening and we start acting out, something's wrong with our spirit. Yeah. Something's, something's off. And so, you know, that's when that those elders and we would take them to the elders and my grandma and set them down and, you know, talk with them. What's going on? Why are you acting out this way? How can we help you? How can we support you? And then, you know, bringing in people like yourself or me and different leaders in the community. And this is how we can help this child. This is how we can help them grow and and move forward and, you know, get out of this um, genocide that we're in, you know, generational trauma of, you know, staying depressed and staying in, you know, the drugs and alcohol and just in this the world of no will to, I call it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and re, you know, igniting that. And so that, you know, for those that don't understand, like, 
it's really important. And I don't really see, like, I see this with other indigenous um, cultures, but I really don't see this with the white cultures as, you know, as, as the community. And, but I see them searching for it. And so that's the other thing that I love with this podcast is, you know, it's like what we were talking about earlier about, you know, everybody kind of coming together now and, and it's like this new old way. And, you know, I was always told that one day that it would be the indigenous, the natives that would come together and blossom as a rose and come and bring back the old spirit way of tradition Mm -hmm. and teaching in that community and that love. And, um, then when that would happen, it was like the world would come to and 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 cleave onto that way because it's the back to the soul essence of the spirit. And, yeah. and so it's like I just wanted to share that piece because my experience too, because I underst- I understand that and I've seen both sides, and I know you have too, of of you know, those that didn't have that support and mm-hmm. things. And I and if I think really think about it, it's the my white friends that Mm. that never really had those supports and if I really look closely the native uh, my native indigenous community has always had that support in some way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh yeah so that's the other thing too is that where I want you to talk now too is because the community called you so mm-hmm. she is running for the campaign for Multnomah Education Service District. And this is the other thing that I wanted to talk about with the movement and things is that when when we as people see someone in the community that is doing something, we hold that person up and we're like, okay, we, we need you here. So we're going to hold you up and we're going to hold you here and we're going to support you because we see your value. We see your voice we see what you're doing and we need people like you in the forefronts and you know in this in this battle if you want to say you know of taking taking things back in the right way and um blossoming and you know retransforming you know and breaking down the old ways that don't work and the you know um the colonized um ways right yeah. So what I think is is beautiful what I want to talk about is like how how did that come about for you because I know the community supported you and the it was the community that called you and I see this with other indigenous leaders that are being called into different um campaigns and different leaderships and the politics and and I, I'm really seeing, you know, it's the community that's supporting it's the community that's pushing it's not I decide that I wanted to do this and I decided I woke up one day and that this is what I'm gonna do and I you know like I chose this for myself and so I you know I just wanted to kind of like talk on that part too because it's a beautiful thing when you go into a campaign and you have relatives actually holding you and supporting you and 
and moving you. And it's almost like I'm watching you. It's like this water. You just got put onto this, this river and you're like, all right, like I, I, but they put you in a tube. So it's not like you're, you're like going through the rapids, you're on this tube and it's just going fast. And you're like, and it's just smooth, but you're just sailing. And there, everybody's just like pushing you like, go, go, go. Right. So how did, how did that start? Like, how did that come about and happen? And what, what kind of pushed that into that? Because I saw you, you know, you co-wrote a kid's book on voting. So I know that that probably has something to do with that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, you know, we could reverse a little bit and and just talk about, like, how I even got to this point. So, yes. I mean, you know, there's, there's some, like I said, there's so many community voices that, you know, matter and, and so many lived experiences that need to be in these spaces that need to be heard. But at the same time, you know, this is still a very, um, how you say, like Western way of life, right? So politics is very much like centered on white supremacy culture. We lead right we lead with this idea of um, that we have to uh, go into this space and be a certain way. We have to go into this space and, and lead a certain way. Um, and it's been like that, like since, since government was established, right? So right. women, women are just now getting, getting ready to run, but women of color is like a whole nother thing. So recently we've seen a rise of women of color running for public office. And right. so when it comes to this sense, I mean, I never seen myself running for public office. I've always been that, that kid who was like, man, I hate politics. Like I can't deal with politics, you know, but as I got older, I realized how important it is. And it's actually my education that steered me in this direction. Mm. I had a, um, a, a mentor in the social work uh, program that I was in, and they shared this program with me. It's called Politicorp. It, it doesn't exist anymore, but um, it was with the local, uh, presently known as Next Up Oregon, but mm. uh, previously known as the Bus Project. And it was a 10 week long um, program where we was able to basically fast track every single like how to do a political movement, how to how to um, run a campaign, how to, you know, do this and that. And it basically was like a boot camp on how to train us to be good organizers, good community mm -hmm. organizers. And it. It, at first, you know, I was really, I, I was like, cool, this is awesome, but I don't see myself doing this until um, something came to me. And I was like, I need a, uh, it was the 2018, um, coming up on the 2018 election. Wow. And um, something came to me one night while I was like resting. And I was like, I need to register people at my home. I need to register voters in Warm Springs. So I had this brilliant idea to go and, and put this on my plate on top of everything else that I was doing, but it paid off. And, you know, I was able, to, I'm, I'm very thankful that the bus project at the time was like, yeah, we'll support you in doing this. And, you know, I of course had to advocate to them, but I also got some of my, um, my colleagues, my, the other fellows to come with me to Warm Springs. Like we literally had all this stuff 
all of the voter registration stuff, all of, you know, like the, the swag for the bus project and mm -hmm. being able to get so much. And honestly, it was this one event where, um, mind you, right. I had the whole, I, I spent like 10, like, I think it was like eight weeks I spent doing, um, volunteer outreach, doing like different stuff, um, to advocate for certain, certain things. And, um, every time there was like barely any volunteers, it was so hard to get volunteers. It was so hard to get folks registered. But as soon as we went to Warm Springs, you know, like I, I think I, I advocated, I reached out to other organizations and in total, we had four organizations show up. We had, um 15 volunteers and in that day i think we registered like i think it was like 55 people but of of the um people we registered 50 went through to the secretary of state office because there was like five that was invalid but uh -huh. um, it was like this moment i was just like wow you know we we made this happen and it's possible to organize the community who who wants to be part of this but in total we probably talked with over like 200 people that day and it was just such a powerful moment for me so ever since then i was like wow i love community organizing this is what i want to do and um you know fast forward to all the other stuff that has been done since like it it just kind of led me up to this point and i think you know folks in in my community in multnomah county see that like they see that i can like and i'm not bringing i'm not bringing myself i'm bringing my community like as an indigenous mm -hmm. woman like like you said we don't just travel by ourselves we don't no. go places by ourselves like it's weird if we do and and you know, so when I go into different movements, different spaces, I'm bringing like my sister, I'm bringing my partner, I'm bringing their friends, I'm bringing, you know, my sister's friends and my cousins, you know, like when they're here and there, because, you know, cousins come through anytime. Yeah. yeah. And it's like we just all hop on board. And at the same time, we're able to talk about this kind of stuff that's impacting our lives day to day. So um, when it came to the Multnomah Education Service District, like I filed on filing day. So when I say filing day, I mean, I filed like very last minute that we could file. Um, uh -huh. Everything just happened to fall into place when um, I decided to file because I was asked months prior, but I at the time wasn't able to make anything happen. So when it came to filing day, I was able to put my name in the hat and I, I was very thankful because I before have been asked to run for state representative. I've been asked to run for different positions, but it didn't feel right at all. Like I was like, no, I'm not ready. You know, nothing is in place right now. And so when it came to MESD, I instantly thought about, yeah, this feels right. You know, everything just literally fell into place on filing day. And I was like, wow, I'm going to do this. And, um, yeah, everything just fell into place. So in my mind, I was like, yeah, creators looking out for me, creators looking out for this move that I'm about to make. And, and, you know, he's telling me that I'm, I can do this and we're going to clear this path for you to make it okay for you to do this. So now I'm, I'm gosh, election day is May 18th. So we have like about six weeks until election day and, and, 
my my team and I are are you know doing everything we can to make it happen. So tonight I actually have my campaign kickoff um, where we'll be hearing from a number of speakers such as Brent Florendo, um, who's an elder who will be uh, blessing this space, blessing the kickoff, you know, and and the start of this campaign. So I'm really excited for that because, like I said, we're decolonizing this space. We're going to do it in our way, and we're going to make it indigenous as possible, right? We're gonna right. we're gonna make it. We're gonna kick it off good. So I'm really excited and honored that Brent offered to be here um, or to show up. So Brent's gonna be there. Uh, Counselor Eddie Morales, Karina Miller, uh, MESD Director uh, Katrina Dowdy and the amazing Samantha Gladu. So we have these incredible speakers and, and folks lined up to to kick it off with us tonight. And it'll be at 5.30 on Zoom. So yeah, feel free to RSVP or join us or, you know, just watch. <laughs> right, I, I'm excited to watch. I, I saw the lineup, I was showing my mom the lineup yesterday. She's like, she's got some good people coming on. <laughs> Like you're doing some good thing, like amazing things. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you because I've been watching you, and I watch, you know, because we have our lead cohort group, and yeah. I watch everyone and everything that everybody's doing, and just, I just want to just like applaud you and Aww. say I am so proud of you, and I support you. And too bad I'm in Vancouver, Washington, so I can't really vote for you, but or I would be, but I'm still here supporting. You know, in you know, in any way I can. So that's I think too is another reason why I'm like, well, I'm gonna bring her on. So I'm supporting her from across the river. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because we have a lot of people here in the Portland community, you know, oh. so, for that watch too. So like I'm I'm excited for this. And then real quick, like what happened? So what's this name of the book? I'm interested about this. The, oh, yes. the kids book too that you help co-write yes like on, on voting yeah on voting right so i'm i'm a uh, i am obsessed with voting i love voting i'm very passionate about voting rights so um next up oregon right is a is a local youth-led organization here in the the in oregon and it's right. it's located here in portland but you know we we you know, communicate statewide. We have a large base and um, super passionate about this organization. I currently sit on their board of directors and I think it was last year, late last year, um, we was invited to write a book by a kid's book about, which a kid's book about, they have an amazing series. They, you know, they talk about a number of different things and if you have children um this book is really you know this whole series it could your your children could benefit from it and it's like they talk about this stuff that is hard to talk about right so mm -hmm. there's stuff around um about voting for example I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head like other stuff that they talk about um there's just a number of different topics that are like just really difficult to talk about for um, for parents to children, and right. and these books make that happen. They're able to like break it down to um, to a, to for a kid to understand. So right. um, yeah, so the kids book about voting. We myself and and 
four other ladies who are part of Next Step Oregon wrote this book with um, a kid's book about, and it was such a cool process. Like we, you know, we met on Zoom, we, and we did it all virtually. Like, can you imagine wow. a book virtually, right? So we met on Zoom and, and we, we worked on a Google Docs and it was just so simple and easy. And we was able to like get everything out there. Um, and, yeah, it definitely was like an honor and such a really cool process to be part of. Like, I never thought, I mean, I'm sure writing a book is not always that easy, especially <laughs> like, you know, in, in the middle of a pandemic. But like, I mean, working with a kid's book about was like such, like they made it easy. And I could tell they did it like a million times or they had to have because they were so experienced and they just knew what to do. And they would ask us questions in ways that would give us what they wanted. So, um, yeah, it was a really neat process and you can, I think the book is 1995. Uh, okay. so you can buy it on, on their website and, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool book. Like I think we'll you can put the links in here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a nice book and it's really cool because people in my community in Warm Springs they uh they purchase like a bulk of them because they want to be able to give them out to the youth in in my community. So I was like, I don't know, it just made me like really emotional when they were like, "We want to buy a lot for the youth." And I was like, "Thank you. Like that's so much." <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're gonna be known as be gonna be Auntie Amanda's here every time you go to Warm Springs. Yeah, she's here. <laughs> she's the one with the book. <laughs> it's inspiring. I love it. So as we wrap it up, I always like to leave things on like um inspirational note and any words, advice, encouragement. Um, a message that you would like to share with anyone as we close this up for today. Um, go ahead and share, you know, whatever, whatever you feel inspired. Yeah. Oh man, this is, I love, you know, inspiring, like just sharing beautiful words with people because we're all in different places in our life, right? Like there's some who, are really happy right now and some who are you know dealing with the fact that we haven't been together for a really long time you know and it's hard so i just want to say like i see you i see you i see you i see you and i your voice truly does matter like you matter in this world and um no matter what you're going through like it's going to be okay we're going to be okay and and there's light at the end of the tunnel so um i mean my inbox i i write to a lot of people i i'm currently in um i don't call it recovery but i i don't drink alcohol anymore so i'm always you know willing to have folks lean on me too when um they're struggling with anything so if you ever need anything like I, I'm happy to to show up for you in, in whatever that means to you. Um, but yeah, I just really want to say, you know, like I see you, you're beautiful, you're brilliant, you deserve everything that's coming your way. And I just, you know, like your voice truly does matter in every space that you show up in. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'm sure there's more I could say, but um, 
yeah, I just really want to say thank you for offering this space this morning. It truly is like medicine being in this space with you. So thank you. Uh, thank you for being here and sharing your story and, you know, everything that you're doing. And same for you. If there's anything I can do to help support you in any way, um, you know, reach out to me and I can, I'll do the best that I can um, with community service. I love well, you know, most of us that are indigenous, we always are like in community service. Yeah. And what can we do to to help everyone? Right. Um, we just did that this last weekend for Easter. One of my aunties, she messaged me and she's like, I need help with putting a, a gift bags together for the homeless. And so I'm like, OK, so I'm like, all right, mom. And then I was like, okay, I, I was like, Eric, my fiance, I was like, oh, and you're bringing your son. And uh, I'm like, so I, and then I got my brother and then my niece was here from out of town. And so we all showed up and it was, it ended up just being us that showed up. Mm -hmm. help, but we ended up putting together 150 wow. um, bags that, you know, we went down to Portland mm -hmm. and handed around down Del Delta Park and then downtown Portland and, um, it was it was a beautiful experience. I I I went and sat with um, some of them. You know, the, some of them they some women's they were sitting there in their tent. It was just right off of Burnside, and I I, I just walked over there and gave them a couple of the, these bags that had all these different sanitizers, foods, and things. And but it was you know. I just wanted to share this is that, you know, at any moment in time, we could be on the street mm -hmm. and in the community, in the native community and what I was raised and what I was shown, it's actually our fault as a community that we have all of these homeless on the streets mm -hmm. right now. And um, it is, you know, our responsibility as a community to help our our people out here that are on the streets and if you were to go back before you know colonization there was no poor person and if someone didn't have anything the community gave that person something mm -hmm. so that they had something and so i just wanted to say that too is that you know um it's us it's our job as a community to help each other and to uh help raise each other up and no one's better than anyone and that in any moment we could all end up on that street yeah. and you know to be humble and grateful for what you have and you know do community service reach yeah. out help people do things um even if it's you know a small thing here and there for someone um there's a sense of gratitude and uh this like this feeling I get in my heart when I help someone is just, you know, it's, it's like, you're doing that work for creator. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and, you know, you could have been that one person that helped that one person, you know, survive the day. And so I think that like, when I sat down with that, with that woman, she, I could have said, no, I got to go. Here's your things. But she asked me to sit down with her and she asked me to sing to her. And she, cause she yeah. saw, she was like, you're native. She goes, my people, um, you know, she was, I know I'm native, but she's, she doesn't know what tribe, but she's like, I know it's, it's deep inside me. And she's like, it calls to me. And so 
she asked me to, you know, sing a song for her. And so I, I took that time, you know, to sit down and, and sit with her. And then we ended up sharing stories and talking back and forth. And I think, I think I ended up sitting there for about a half an hour with her, just speaking and talking to her, not even realizing that that time went by, but I look at that, at that time. And even if I never see her again, she's going to remember that, you know, someone at some point, you know, reminded, and it's that reminder that people need that creator still looking over me. You know, my ancestors are still looking for me. So if you have that calling in you to do something, act on it because you could have been the answer to someone's prayers and you don't want to one day go home to the creator and then him be like, why didn't you help that person? You know, I, you had everything right there to help that person. Why did you ignore that calling or why did you, you know, that call to go help that person, even though the world wants to make you feel like you're crazy if you follow by intuition. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and if I hadn't followed by intuition, you know, our sister Amanda wouldn't be on today with us speaking and sharing, you know, her voice and the things that she's Mm -hmm. doing. So, you know, I just want to, I want to say with that too, is, you know, don't be afraid to follow your intuition and Mm -hmm. act on those things because later down the road, either if it's right away or down the road, you'll, 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 something will be revealed and what what happened and why you know you had that inspiration to act on something and then you'll things will unfold and then you'll be like oh like I did earlier like creator works in mysterious ways (laughs) so (laughs) because I did not know the the timing of everything it was like this had to be today and then all of a sudden then it like lined up with your campaign being on the same day and so you know it's like and if I hadn't reached out because I, I had that moment too I was like ah sometimes I get you know iffy or like, um, not iffy, uh, scared in a sense of like, do I really like nervous? Should I really reach out to this person? Uh, I don't know. But it's like, just do it, Rachel. Yeah. And, so it's, and so it's like every time it's like, I'm like, I, I look up and I'm like, all right. Like, why do I keep <laughs> doubting? Like, why do I keep questioning? It's like, I just get it already, Rachel. So, you know. <laughs> So I do it to you guys. I still do it. I still question. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm like, all right, stop. Just, just do it. Just act on it. You'll learn later and you'll see later and it will reveal. So I just want to leave that with that. And um, 5.30 tonight, Pacific time, Portland, Oregon, support our sister and uh, vote for her, help her in any way that we can. And I'll put the link in here. Uh, for the book, because I want to get that book too. And um, it's, it's, those are so important tools to have, um, especially in the time that we're in now. So thank you for everything that you're doing. I can't wait to see you get your PhD. And <laughs> and I'm going to be pushing you too now. I'm going to be checking in. Or did you sign up yet? Did you sign up? Are you getting your PhD? I'm like, come on, get more, do more. Let's do it. So, and then all of you out there, you know, get your education. My grandfathers, you know, my grandparents always told us that education is the the modern uh, uh, weapon. 
if yeah. you want to say it's the modern day weapon because in order to beat them at their own game you have to know what their what their game is and in order to make shift and transition into and decolonizing then you know we have to be educated so that we can you know take those forefronts and so i i do understand the importance of education and it is, you know, it's it's very important and it is crucial, even mm -hmm. if you think that, oh, I may never use it or I may not, you know, uh, math doesn't apply to being a dancer. So why do I have to know math? You know, so it's, you know, it it's all these things. Mm -hmm. Educate yourself. The more you educate yourself, the more you can stand up um, in leadership roles and, uh, you know, being in the forefronts that we say of, you know, in the new age of the battle and the, in, in the transition and change and shift of uh, positive shift that we're in right now. So thank you everyone. Us, thank you sister for being on and with your relatives that came with you today, you know, thank you. And we honor them as well because I felt their presence come in with mm -hmm. you. They're very strong and and I know your mom is proud of you. So keep going and keep shining and we'll see you on the other side. And let me know if there's anything I can do to help support you in any way. Okay. Have a good day, everyone.